Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, we uh, we are going to talk about glumness today. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, actually, ironically, don't feel super glum, even though like business is canceled and there's no more business and no more sponsorships. So uh, that's okay. We can we can wax nostalgic about back when we used to do business deals in this well, company. We but, we still have Red Bud City coffee roasters. We can't throw them under the bus, but you I know, tell no, us about it. Tell no, us about the, no the recent business deals. Yes. Yeah, so RedBudCoffee.com is the website. We we cannot we cannot ignore them. They have stayed faithful while everybody else has abandoned us and and thrown us overboard. So uh, if you go to RedBudCoffee.com, it's a family owned craft coffee roaster out of rural illinois and they do fantastic stuff i just finished good my last bag yeah good folks yeah. i just finished my last bag of coffee by them so i need to reorder um but if you use the code happy rant at checkout you get 10 percent off of your entire order they they kind of rotate through their roasts so they have different ones at different times so you could you can try different ones out i've tried i don't know probably half a do- half a dozen different ones and uh it's hard to pick a favorite, although I think the Brazilian might be my favorite. So go to redbudcoffee.com. Uh, use the code HAPPYRAN at checkout. Get 10% off. It's great coffee. Uh, it's reasonably priced compared to, you know, kind of on the on the craft coffee scale, so you're not going to be shocked by it. And, uh, yeah, great value, great coffee. Check it out. It's solid read, Pipe. Really solid read. Boys, um, another thing I'm excited about, the, the baby boy had a birthday, Piper, 50th. Big deal, man. That's a huge milestone, man, to do me. You, how many of our listeners do you think realized Ronnie was approaching 50? Wow, uh, what a good question. Um, because Ronnie gives off vibes of youthfulness and and vigor. Yeah, he used to, dude. I mean, he used to he, he used to give off more youthful vibes, I think. But I, I feel like, and this is Appreciate a Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no, baby. This is a compliment. I'm working my way to it. But I can't imagine how this is going to end that way. But uh, yeah, <laughs> fascinate me. Baby, listen to me. Okay, you got to stay with me. All right, because I'm I'm going to bring it around. I feel like when you and I first met, baby. So we're going back like a decade plus. You were, you know, you were doing kind of color in the hair, like not having the beard. You know, it was pre beards, obviously, but. You know, you were you were kind of fighting the aging thing, but I feel like as of the last couple of years, you've really accepted it. Like you've leaned into it, mm-hmm. and you you've embraced the gray. You know, you're and the wisdom, full on and like the, wisdom. the Yoda thing improves with age. It is not oh, a no young man's flash, game. Dude. Yoda's Absolutely. not a young. Yoda is an old man's game. Like in the Yoda game, you're still young, <laughs> right? You're you're still a young a young guy in the Yoda game. So that's got a ton of upside. I don't know. I just feel like the last couple of years you've embraced it. But I, I wanted to, A, wish you a happy birthday. And you got my greeting, dude. Um, mm. and the greeting, I, yeah, I know, man. Powerful. Just powerful. Mm. We're all men of letters. So <laughs> I texted Ronald and I just wished him a happy birthday. And I told him I wished him that uh, his his dad, Jared, would get him a pony or a bike, dude. Because what, <laughs> what do we all want on our birthday from Jared? You know, a pony, a bike, or a book deal. So... Here's hoping, baby, that one of those things came through. But, um, but I wanted I, I I wanted to ask you about aging, because it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Piper is the young the young pup, you know, the young pup on the on the program. Maybe he's thinking about it. But uh, I know that my perspective, my outlook on things has changed quite a bit just as I've I've kind of gotten into my forties here. So, baby, any big insights at fifty? How are you feeling? Yeah, no, man, I, I appreciate that. I, yeah, so I've been, man, age, the age thing, okay, I'm going to be a little serious right now. I'm not going to preach no, no, a no. sermon like last week. Yeah. But um, so I, age has always been a big deal to me. Part of it was because I spent, you know, over half my life kind of in the music industry where it's like everybody is fool, has fooled themselves into thinking they're younger than they are based on what they're doing what they're allowed to do for a living, how they're supposed to look while they're doing this very sort of like youth oriented thing for a living. And so it's, it was, it's kind of a weird thing to spend so long of your life in and then coming out of it. um, It's honestly been something that has been a massive struggle for me. Um, Just the aging process in general and um, just kind of coming to this place where it's like, I still feel, you know, you always put yourself at a particular age Sure. And so this this inability to in, embrace that you're not 31 anymore or whatever it is, whatever <laughs> yeah, that age yeah, is, yeah. right, 
And um, it's like, it, I think for a lot of people, it's not a big deal at all. You know, if you were to talk to my wife or other friends I have, they're like, I don't know what the big deal is, Rana. And for me, it's just been a struggle. Um, I think, again, because do, I was in do you something that's so youth-oriented. Do you mean it's yeah. not a big deal to them that you are getting older or just like that aging happens to all of us? Yeah, just more like personally to them, they're just like, I've never cared about getting older. In fact, I like it. I enjoy my uh-huh. birthdays. And like for me, it's always been something I, I've dread. Like since I remember since the age of 13, like I just dreaded it. Because <laughs> it was like I haven't accomplished yet what I want to accomplish. And now I'm 13 and I'm a teenager and I can't go back to my younger years. I mean, I literally had those thoughts on the eve of my 13th birthday, you know. And I mean, that's so you, crazy at 13. So you can only imagine how bad it was at 49. But here's yeah. what's amazing is that. Um, I've prayed so much about this. I've actually experienced growth in this to where 50 was, there was kind of a joy with it because it was almost like there's this permission now um, in the sense that, hey, you have to embrace this. You can't fake it. You can fake a lot at 37, right? You can still, you know, at 37, I did, I looked younger than when I was 27 at 37, right? I was skinnier, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> But like as a, <laughs> as a 37 year old, I don't know if you're insulting me or just stating my existence, but it's it seems fairly accurate. Yeah, no. And I, I that 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 would not be insulting you at all. That's a compliment. But at 50, you're not faking anything anymore. And it is no doubt dude. the yeah. age, the numbers in and of themselves are enough to just be like, dude, it doesn't matter what you think or think what other people are thinking. There's a five and there's an O um, yeah. after your name now. And it's just going to keep getting worse. Right. And so. Yeah. I just, I don't know this, I don't know how God worked in me to where I was able to embrace it with some level of joy and acceptance, but I actually feel, I I feel pretty good about it. And it's a new experience for me. It's like, I've never felt this way before. So, um, I don't, I kind of like this. I kind of like this sort of like, Hey, you, it's okay for you to be like an elder statesman. It's okay for like people to look at you and say, Oh, there might be you know, one or 2% wisdom there. Let's, let's hear what he has to say. I, I don't mind that, you know, baby, do you have any like old man, like icons, like, like mentors, either aesthetically, let's not do theology. Cause that's boring, but like, <laughs> Amen. Old, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, old, old man, like iconic old men that you, that you sort of aspire to be. Yeah. Let me think, let me think about that. I'll come back to sure. you on the, sure. on, the, on the show about that. I got to think about that. <sighs> Yeah, well, dude, a lot of what you were saying was was resonating with me because I think in in sports it's the same way. In sports, we have this uh, we have this saying called uh, "Father Time is undefeated." Mm. You know, i.e., like like time never loses. You know, you're gonna it's gonna get you. You know, it's gonna get you one way or the other. And and as an athlete, you're always trying to kind of stave it off in the same way that that probably music people are. And um, but you see it, like you see the erosion of time and and all of that kind of in, impeding. And I think, you know, for me, it's been more of a mindset, a mindset shift of, you know, we've talked about this in the program before, so I don't want to go too hard into it. But um, I think with youth comes a certain amount of delusion that's fun and healthy. Um, so the kind of dreams that you're dreaming at 27 are largely delusional, but you believe in them because you're 27. Um, whereas like now I'm 44, you're 50, like we, we probably aren't buying the delusional dreams anymore. You know, the, the die is pretty much cast, you know, you know who you are, you know what your ceiling is, you know, which is, is both, I I think it's part of the contentment that you talked about, right? Mm. Uh, part of Ronnie Martin at 50 or me at 44 is knowing pretty clearly what I'm not going to do. Um, and, and kind of what I'm capable of doing, which is both depressing and, and freeing, if that makes sense. Um, cause at 27, it was probably fun for you to dream about, uh, I don't know, whatever the apex mountain of your industry would have been back then for you. Like yeah, yeah. you were probably dreaming those dreams and I was doing the same thing with writing and sports and, um, yeah, I'm just not doing that anymore. And, and in fact, when I encounter people who are in their forties and are dreaming those big dreams still, it, it strikes me as a little bit ridiculous and sad. Mm. Uh, um, does it strike you as ridiculous and sad? Like when you meet a like a middle aged big dreamer, I just kind of roll my eyes and I'm like, like bro, <laughs> you know, grow up at some level. Uh, I don't know, pipe, pipe. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I have a a little different 
personal perspective, I, I don't think you're wrong. I just my experience differed because I, you know, I became a dad at 22, and so in some sense, mm. like. Uh, your life was over early. Yeah, there's an element where you're like, well, certain things are just not on the table anymore. You know, yeah. certain financial yeah. things, certain, you know, travel the world, vacation things, spend eight years doing whatever you want before you have kids when you're ready, quote unquote, ready. Yeah. Note to all you young folks out there, you'll never be ready. And you're not ready, Amen. you know, after you have two kids either. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's an element of like, there was just sort of a deflation of those big dreams. And I don't know that I was ever prone to that anyway. Like I think some people yeah. are just more, I want to reach the apex and other people are, are, have maybe a different mindset, but I definitely resonate with what you said, Ted, about meeting people like my age. So 37, uh -huh. you know, 37 to, to 45. And yeah, they're still kind of like the, you know, get the world by the tail and wrap it around and put it in my <laughs> pocket type of people. I'm like, you sound as, as, crazy as tommy boy did when he said that yeah shout and, out matt foley motivational speaker <laughs> exactly like there's <laughs> there's a there's just a there's a ridiculousness to it which is not the i mean and to say that i don't think is cynical there's just sort of a realism yeah. of like yeah this is what life offers like there's a yeah. ceiling on what each of us can accomplish in life and yeah. that's not depressing once you realize you're like oh this is this is the these are the boundaries on my capabilities in life, and if I stay within the boundaries, I can live with a lot of enjoyment. If I keep yeah. trying to break the boundaries, I'm just going to get a headache. Dude, what a good word, man! And what a yeah, what word. an eloquent way to say it. That's uh, that's actually really helpful. Um, I'm going to ask another question vis-a-vis -vis aging, and the question I'm about to ask it's going to sound really glum, so preemptively, I'm okay. Um, but I just want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. Um, and I had this conversation, it was almost an argument with a lady in my small group last night. And, um, it was about taking trips and I know like Ronnie Tarmac, all that stuff, but on a more serious level, I was just kind of like explaining to her again, like I'm 44, I've gone almost everywhere that I want to go in the world, like literally and figuratively. Like, I don't know. I'm just not getting, I'm not getting super stoked about trips anymore. You know, like we could take a trip or not take a trip this summer. I really don't care. You know what I mean? Um, but she, she was, she was sort of like, oh, trips aren't bad. You know, don't vilify. I'm not like, I'm not vilifying <laughs> trips. Okay. Take your trip. Enjoy your trip. Judas Priest. Your Paul trip. I, yeah. I'm I, right. I'm just saying. I don't know stuff that used to move the needle. I'm just glad to know we can moralize things like travel. I, you know, <laughs> oh. I, I should have known that was possible. But yeah, what a blast, dude! Moralizing travel. Dude, I, probably I, for, I forgot that. Yeah, and like I'm, I, I just I forgot that we were capable of doing that. So it's it's good to be reminded that we can turn we can turn everything into into a sin if we so choose or or yeah, a virtue. That's fun, dude. Yeah, absolutely. We, we haven't had a blast fighting about everything else the last couple of weeks. You know. Let's let's vilify trips. But uh, do you get do you get what I'm getting at? Like, do you guys still get excited about stuff is the question? And if so, like, what kind of stuff? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it's a great question. I, I mean, yeah. it, it, it feels like, man, with any sense of maturity, like those things have to change or you have to find sort of a, a richer and deeper version of what those things used to be on a more nominal level. Right. So yeah. it's not just about going like so I. I like to travel. Right. But like, yeah. but, it, but it has to be a certain kind of traveling now. Whereas maybe in my twenties, it was like, I don't care. I just want to go somewhere yeah, and yeah. it doesn't matter where it is because I just, you know, I want to, I want the experience and yeah. you know, whatever else my motivations were for. And now it's going to be a little more, I'm going to slow my roll on that. I'm going to think through it. I'm going to be a little more planny. I'm going to, I'm going to, I have a better idea of what I like and don't like. Um, yeah. so I'm not going to walk into things that from the past were things that were not incredibly enjoyable or fit who I was personality wise. And so I just think you just get better at sort of, um, forming things around the person that you know better than you did yeah. 20 years ago. And that, and, and I, th I just think that, that that's kind of what sets the stage for me with things. And then there are some things that I absolutely, I'm like, I don't, I, like, I literally never want to do that again because mm. I spent 10 years doing that. And I, I don't like it. I don't want to yeah. do it, you know? Well, and I think dude, it's good to know that too, right? But We're kind of at the tipping point age-wise. And I mean, Pipe's dad wrote like a huge thing about this. We're kind of at the point where people either lean really hard into just like pleasuring themselves for the next 35 years until they die, which is totally culturally acceptable. like. 
even culturally acceptable slash celebrated in the church. And not that we need to go a 180 and like completely lean into being miserable, but I, I, I just, yeah, I guess I'm grappling with this whole idea of, okay, I'm in middle age. I see half of my friends just getting super stoked about their next trip and it's all they talk about and whatever that seems boring and like kind of a waste. Um, but yeah, I'm not ready to like, I don't know, sell my house and live under a bridge like Shane Claiborne. So what's the, you know, I want to, I want to do it right. I want to hit the sweet spot, but I'm not sure. Well, I'm not I, sure what that is. I think if you go to either end of the extremes, you, you end up disappointed. Like if yeah. you think life is going to be happier by selling everything and seeking sort of a, a, a monastic ascetic yeah, yeah. uh existence like you just end up empty and without anything comfortable and <laughs> uh and if you go the other way you just end up spending all your money on stuff that doesn't you know like you had a great day today but tomorrow you have to wake up and face yourself so um yeah. <laughs> and 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 that's not awesome either so there's you're asking like, what do we get excited about? Do we get excited about trips or whatever? The answer for me is yes, but differently than I used to. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to kind of assume that anything was going to be the pinnacle experience, you know, going to go on this sure. spring break trip, going to go on this vacation. And now it's much more like, man, this is going to be, it's going to be fun yeah. we, or, or we'll make it fun. You know, kind of that yeah. sense of like, you can, you can find the things to appreciate in a road trip or in a vacation or in a family reunion. That one can be tricky. Um, yeah. You know, whatever it is. And so it's it's more of a appreciating things for what they are instead of expecting them to be something they can't be. And that's that's what I see people expectations kind of yeah. perpetually doing. And I you know, f- full full self-promotion here. I just finished reading the audiobook yesterday for my next book coming out in the fall and it's it's about this Dude, like expectation, flex right expectations and like well it. you brought the subject up man, you put it on a T no, for I me. Do. So I do. it was uh like this is, it's it's all of this, you know, sort of like what what do we expect out of life, and then what is realistic, and and even as I was reading the audiobook, I was I was feeling convicted by stuff that I wrote because I'm like, oh, yep, still still struggle with that, still bank on the wrong things to to give excitement or happiness or whatever, but also it's too easy to shift into cynicism and just be like, well, don't expect anything out of anything. Yeah, I know, man. I know. T, let me uh, let me go someplace with you. It's going to sound yeah. like I'm trying to do a counseling sesh with you, and I swear I'm not. No, do it, baby. Um, I'll swipe my insurance card on the way out. Absolutely, I could use a little cash. But um, I this is what I want to ask you, man, because I feel yeah. like with you, and I and I can ask this because I've known you for a decade now. Sure. Um, it feels like to me there is some sense of like when you ask the question, like, man. Are there things that you're just not excited about anymore that you feel like an obligation to be excited about? I I get this sense from you that when there's things that you feel the pressure to be excited about that you're not excited about. And so when someone says, well, that's crazy. How can you not want to travel, Ted? It immediately like puts a particular kind of expectations on your shoulders that then you're just sort of like pushing against rather than saying, well, Man, there's, there's, you know, whether you want to travel or not travel is not really the, the question, right? I mean, that really doesn't yeah. have anything to do with, with anything. It's why do you feel the pressure from somebody when they, when they kind of lay that expectation on you, rather than just saying, yeah, I'm just not a travel guy. I like being home. Yeah, well, it's that's a good question. I, I just think more broadly, there's a big like fake enthusiasm, like expectation in our in our culture, kind of in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. I, one one aspect of this, and maybe this is a pivot into another topic that we talked about. Um, teaching is a great example, right? So I'm I'm going into year six at my university. Still love it here. Still very thankful for the job. But you know, people will ask questions like, "You excited about you know you excited about the new semester?" And it's like, well, no, like not <laughs> not not really. You know, I mean, in the in the in the general like definition of of excitement, no. Um, am I grateful for the job? Of course. Do I still like teaching young writers? I do. Um, but yeah, that sense of being like, wow, this is new, and I'm wide eyed, and I'm super stoked, and I'm I I don't know all the gossip around campus, and I'm not jaded about that. You know, like like it it doesn't feel the same in year six as it does in year one. Um, and the answer isn't just get a new job every year, you know, and I, and I think there are people who live their lives like that. As soon as something stops being exciting, I'm going to move on to the next thing. So 
you know, I, I, I think across the board, whether it's travel or work or whatever, there's kind of this in, in guys that like the fields that we're in kind of engender this, right? Because in any given friend group, and this is going to sound like a strange flex, but it isn't, but like in any given friend group, we're probably doing the most interesting things vocationally in that we've, I don't know, we got books coming out and we're, you know, trying to make a movie or trying to make a record or, or whatever. We like, we have interesting things going. So I think for a lot of people, like our stuff seems more exciting, but I think when you hit a certain age, it's really not. And, you know, that doesn't mean don't do it, but I think my reasons for writing at age 44 are a lot different than my reasons for writing were at age 24 or 27 or 31 or whatever. Um, And it's just a process to kind of look at that and go, okay, why am I doing this? Um, And are, are my reasons for doing it? Okay. You know, can I, can I live with it? You know, why do you think, let me ask one more thing real quick. Yeah. Because I find this, I find that well, you said something that that kind of triggered something that I feel like is is like alive in me. Sure. Why do you have? And what I'm saying to you, so it sounds like I'm yeah. nailing you with this, but I'm kind of talking to both of us. Yeah. Why do you have a problem with when somebody asks you, "Are you excited for the new semester?" And they're probably being more rhetorical than anything. Sure. They're, sure. they're not asking you to be literal, like, gee, did you just jump yeah. out of bed this morning and, you know, jump up and down and say, Devil K, I can't wait to get, you know, they're <laughs> obviously not meaning that, right? But for yeah. but for some reason, you can't just give them a simple, yeah, it's going to be a great year. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, okay. And, and maybe this is the, maybe this is like the deficiency or the disconnect inside of me. And and I want to hear you on this too because we're both we're both fours. I kind of struggle with the same thing, is what I'm saying. Like when somebody I feel asks like, me something, yeah, like that, in, I struggle. And I bet Pipe doesn't struggle with this. I want to hear Pipe on this. I feel like in any given social situation, I have to give the people exactly what they came for. You know what I mean? So if what they came for is they want to see Big T be excited about the semester, I feel like I got to deliver that for them. And if I don't, they're going to be disappointed. And then if they're disappointed, maybe they won't like me. And that's a problem, right? Because right. I want to be liked uh, probably more than any other single thing, full disclosure. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's just a sense of whatever – what and, and baby, this happens 90% subconsciously, right? Um, you know, just moving about life, kind of giving people what they want. So, yeah, I do. I, do. I think I struggle with – I would struggle with saying to somebody, I'm not super stoked about next year. Um, and I could go into the myriad of reasons why that's true, but yeah, I don't want to bum everybody out. You know what I mean? So you would struggle. So hold on. So that's different than what you said. You would struggle saying that, no, I'm not excited. You would struggle with saying, okay. Yeah. But, but that's still what you say though. You don't like give them sort of the, you don't really give them the the pleasure of just saying, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, my, Oh no, I fake it. I fake it with most people. Totally. Okay. Like in, in day to day, if somebody's like, Hey, you stoked about the new semester? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you do do that just cause I feel like it's easier than well, saying yeah, for sure. Because then you got to explain yourself when you say, no, right. No, no. Pe- right. What's well, it? It's a little bit, you know, we were talking about like moralizing travel. People moralize excitement too. So if you, if right. Ted was like, nah, not really, they would stop and be like, Oh bro, what's going on? Like what's, yeah. what's the matter? What's, what's the crisis? You'd be like, Nothing. I've just done this for a decade. Like it's just yeah. things. Things are not excitement is not the word I would use. It doesn't. You, right. All the other grateful, positive ones sure. might be on the table. Like, <laughs> yeah. Happy to talk with students. Grateful to have the job. Obviously, all those are yeses. But yeah, excitement is a different thing. You know. Um, when it's you, now, you were talking earlier about how we, uh, you know, the we have <clears throat> in our circles maybe the more among the more interesting vocations or jobs. Well, living in Nashville, I would put myself on the lower end of the scale of interesting from the outside because like, I went to a guy's birthday the other night and he is a he's a session musician. So that means he he's he's a professional musician who does primarily recording, so not a touring guy. But he's played with dozens of, of musicians who everybody would have heard of, especially if you like country music, but country rock, whatever. He's brilliant. Yeah. You know how he talks about his job? The same way that Ted talks about teaching. Like it's really? just, it, it's what he does. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. get excited to go to the studio. He enjoys it. He appreciates it. He's, he's grateful for it. 
and he's considering what does his future look like. He's like, how long do I want to do this thing? Like, it's kind of a yeah. young man's game too. Like, like what you were talking about, Ronnie. Like, there's a there's a, there's a weird age twist to it, even though he's not a touring musician. And so there, you look at it and you're like, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not the most interesting person in that circle vocationally. Yeah, he probably is. Um, but even he is at the place where he's like, meh, you know. I'm not excited. It's just yeah. he he enjoys it. He's good at it. He's you know he's got a great attitude, whatever. But he's not he's not uh, he's not like geeked up about going to play with pick your favorite country music star the way that yeah you know the way he probably was ten years ago. Well, yeah, everything loses its luster. I mean, I think you know if we're if we're gonna break it down, I think to that for sure. You know, there's like a point where. You know, we've done something long enough to where it's like we derive different kinds of pleasures from it than we did yeah. maybe in the beginning when it was new, because there's something about the newness of something that creates an excitement. Whereas if once we've been down that road long enough, yeah, excitement's the wrong word. Um, but also I but I think it's curious to I think it's curious for us to sort of just discuss like what, you know, again, relating it back to our age. How does that how does that how does that continue in our lives without us becoming jaded and cynical yeah. and, and saying, Hey, you know what? I, I yeah, I, man, I'm not going to get excited about this. The yeah. way, you know, like if you buy a new bicycle, right. I'm not going to get excited about a new bike the way I did when I got one for my birthday at 11 years old. I'm, I'm happy to get it. It's, you know, I want to, I want to ride it. I'm looking forward to it, but there's not going to be that level of like just pure unadulterated joy, you know, uh, probably Maybe we'd be excited about those Vespas though. <laughs> we would be know? excited about those. Let's, let's be honest. Let's let's, let's be honest with let's ourselves be honest. and our listeners. No, I want to, I want to lean in on that though. Cause that's really good. And another thing about aging that I've been thinking about a lot is, you know how, when, when we were growing up, I don't know if you guys were like this. I was, I assumed that everybody who was old was wise. I assumed wisdom and I assumed that they were on this like wisdom trajectory that had them getting wiser as they got older. And now that I'm older and now that I'm around older people, I'm like, A, a lot of them aren't wise at all. B, a lot of them don't care about being becoming more Christ-like or wisdom or whatever or refinement. And C, I I just think I I see a lot of older people, even older Christians, just kind of giving up. Right. They kind of stop caring. They stop Absolutely. working on stuff. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I feel convicted about that. Like, I don't want that to happen to us. And it's something that Double K and I talk about a lot. Um, do you guys see that or am I crazy? Like, is that a thing? Ronnie probably oh, has to be yeah. careful so he doesn't insult any of the old people at his church. Well, yeah, it's true. You mean insult myself? Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, Are you the but... oldest person at your church? No, we, we have it. We have an older Okay, I mean, just I don't know. Some some hipstery churches are trend very young, so just ask. Our trends our trends young, and I'm we actually don't have a lot of forties uh, and my age. We we actually that's the that's the big gap in our. In You're our either church. like yeah. quite a bit older or quite a bit younger. You're either like twenty five to like pipes age with kids, yeah. or you're um you're sixty two and older, kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah, we don't have a lot of that middle that that middling middle age, but um. Yeah. What was your question again, uh, Big T? I forgot. Uh, I don't know. Do like old people give up? Like, do they yeah, give up they on totally like sanctification? Do. I, yeah, yeah. I, I totally that. think that one of the things I, you know, one of the thing we always forget that like older people need shepherding, right? Because we yeah. just think, oh, they don't want to hear it. Old dog, new trick. Um, yeah. You're going to insult them because you're a younger guy and they've already lived so much life. And it's like just assuming that they've somehow arrived you know, at this place. Right. And some of them have arrived at a place of like deeper maturity for sure. But, um, I, yeah, I think that's actually big T that's one of the most disappointing things to me is when you see, and again, I think if you look at the last, this is going a little bit deeper, but I think some of the, uh, some of the thinness of our evangelicalism over the last 40 mm-hmm. years has kind of produced that in some of our older you know, 65 plus generation to where it's like, oh yeah. man, it just doesn't matter. All this yeah. stuff I worked so hard at, all these Bible studies, I mean, you know, all these books I've read and here I am, the world's falling apart and the church is divided and who cares? And yeah, it's like, yeah. they, they kind of have that, they have that cynicism and you just look at them and you say, no, 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 hold on, man. You have so much to offer other people, younger people who are half your age that are already feeling this way. So don't give up, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I, and I'm always fascinated by that because there is, 
there's a at some point it feels like their learning stopped, like they, yeah. they stopped learning. How much and they that, stopped pursuing maturity? How but. much of that is because we've sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stratified, um, mm. especially in the church by generation. So like old people, what does are that just word kind, mean? Like put in like separated by layers, like ranked. Yeah, yeah. Like and affinity. so there's they're, like yeah. the old people are in a they're in a layer all their own. Yeah. Um, with other old people. Right. And and I I'm using that term sort of flippantly, but just sure, sure. the idea that people my age are rarely sitting around having discussions about life and parenting and following Jesus and finances and culture with somebody who's 74, you know? Yeah. Uh, and right. it's that's like I don't have a lot of old friends, and yeah, and I feel like that's that's probably to my detriment, but I I wonder how much it's to their detriment. You know, just sort of a like they, they sort of become petrified in their old age because there's less vibrance, perspective, questions, yeah. and then somebody drawing on their experience of life. Like, just hey, tell me what it was like when you were my age. That's a yeah. That's a that breathes a lot of life. Everybody likes to be asked their perspective on things or their experiences. For sure. So right. one of the most one of the most encouraging things that happened for me, also one of the weirdest. Um, you mentioned older people needing shepherding, Ronnie. Probably three months into to working at Emmanuel, I, I get an email from an older couple at the church who they've been in the same small group for several years. It's mostly couples between the ages of like 60 and 75. And, um, and they're like, hey, we want to meet with you and talk about how to make a leadership transition in our group because somebody moved away. And they sat down and started asking me questions that groups of 20-year-olds ask me. And and I was looking at him and I'm like I'm I am half the age of most of the people at this table right now, and they're asking me the best ways to do these different things in their group and leadership and communication and stuff like that. And it was encouraging because I'm watching seventy plus year olds be all the way invested. They haven't given up, and it was really weird because it dawned on me that I I can't just focus on the people who I think I have wisdom over. I had to focus on like the whole, it's, it's yeah. all, all of the age, all the age strata, if you will, to, to do this. And it, yeah. And it's a, uh, so it, it is really encouraging when you find older people who are like, they're running to the finish line. They, they don't know, yeah. you know, whatever that looks yeah. like in, yeah, in their yeah. context. Absolutely, dude. That is, that is super encouraging. Um, and yeah, those, those are the kind of, it's so weird to be talking about it because yeah, you, you mentioned before big R, and there is this tipping point where, like, I think for decades, KK and I just always felt young. Like, even when we were getting right. older, we felt young and we thought of ourselves as young and we were doing, like, young people stuff. And, yeah, now it's like, huh, I wonder I wonder what happened or what changed. It wasn't like an overnight thing. But, uh, but yeah, it's been gradual where you start to think about these issues a little bit more. Um, I have a, I have a question for you guys, because this yeah. has been a fairly recent realization for me, like the last couple of years. And I'm curious when it happened for you. Yeah. When did you start to look at uh, adults who are younger than you and sort of feel like you were the older and wiser one? So yeah. like you have so I look at some, you know, the 25 year old guys at our church and I'm like, oh, you're such dumb kids sometimes, <laughs> you know, not all yeah, of them, yeah, but they yeah. make some dumb kid decisions or they ask questions yeah. that I'm like, seriously, this is this is not hard. And I don't feel old, but yeah. I definitely feel older and wiser or older compared to them. When did yeah. you guys tip from like, I'm the young guy to, oh, I'm I'm not the young guy anymore, at least not for a, a significant portion of the people I interact with? Ooh, that's a good yeah, that's question. Yeah, a good question. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I, as far as I can, you know, just on the spot here, I think mm. I remember really feeling that way when I turned 40 um, because there was this there was a sense where it's like, I'm looking at a, you know, I'm working in the studio with a 20 year old, for example. And I'm like, Oh, old enough to be your dad, you know, yeah. but, but he seems like a full, like a full grown adult. You know what I mean? So you're like, you're looking at this person. You're like, they, they're, they're not, they're not like they're, it's not like they're 12. They're, they're 20, 21. They're an adult. And yet you got to get your mind wrapped around this thing that you're old enough to be this person's dad. And as you're hearing things come out of their mouth, you're like, oh, okay. Um, so this this is somebody who is 
this is somebody who has not had the benefit of 20 more years of life. And it's, it, it's yeah. kind of a surreal moment because again, for me, I'm relating it again back to this music stuff, which is we're here and we're, we're, we're doing the same thing. We're like, we're, yeah. we're recording something, we're making creative choices. So when it comes to this, um, you know, there's a, it's like a level playing field in as much as yeah. we're working together on something. But then when you pull back a little bit and you're looking at, you know, their life from a life perspective, um, for me, I think at about 40, it was like, oh, wow. Okay. So this is like, <laughs> dude, you got to get your head wrapped around this because again, yeah. young enough to be your son or your daughter or whatever, and just in literally in a different world with how they process the world, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's good, man. And it, it was similar for me where as a professor realizing like my students' dads want to hang out. <laughs> like when their dads come to town to visit them, like they <laughs> want to hang out. With that's me. funny. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not like the students want to hang out so much anymore. It's their dads, you know, like, Hey, let's get together and talk about nineties NFL and the Buffalo bills and Jim Kelly. And you know, it's and you're like, cool. what has my world come to? Well, yeah. Like, it's just like, I've gotten old, you know, and it's, <laughs> it, it's cool. It's fine. Some of these dads are awesome. You know, um, they know who they are. They listen, you know, some of them listen to the show. So shout out to, to those guys. But, uh, I, I, but think, yeah. I think for me, it was when the first time I heard one of my kids say, you know, referred to the nineties, the way that I refer to the seventies mm, as yeah. like a bygone era, a that magical they, time that they know existed, <laughs> but it yeah. did, it, it's not a real thing in their minds. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I introduced them to, to grunge or hip hop or whatever the way that like my brothers introduced me to, to classic rock or something like, like that. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah, I'm old. I mean, at yep. least, at least I'm on the old trajectory. I don't feel all the way old, but there's a massive gap here between like, in my mind, I still feel like I could probably relate to a 14 year old in terms of like, yeah, I mean, I remember 14 pretty well. And then I watch my 14 year old daughter and I'm like, Nope different dimensions not yeah not just an age difference like it's a different reality it happens dude it happens to all of us which is fascinating it was something that like my dad used to talk about and i really never believed him because when i was young and arrogant and full of bravado i thought i would be the one person who would like <laughs> not age and always be able to relate but uh but pops was right um as he often was about, about so many things. But I also uh, think too, man, we are struggling. This is what I've found, you know, and again, maybe, maybe, um, maybe the older generation would laugh and I'm guessing they would at this, but I, but I feel like when I look at my dad and my dad's dad and his dad, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see, you know, we live in, we live in a bit of an eternal youth culture now that I don't totally. think was in existence then. Now they might say, dude, I know what you're about to say. Um, and it's not true, but it's like, well, hold on dad, because I remember at 35, you, you wore the same clothes as your 65 year old dad, my grandpa, right? Mm, Like there was like this, like, you know, in terms of like, and I, and I know that man, this is like a, this is a way deep dive, right? But it's like, no, I get what you're saying though. But it's like this thing where I, I think we've been fooled into more of a feeling that we're younger than we, than we are. Because again, like we're, we're just more engaged with things. There's more things to be engaged with than like our parents had at their disposal. And so, I mean, even as far as the way we dress, the way we look, what we're listening to, um, what we're, you know, all, all of those things combined into one big basket full of, of you well, know, dude, and there's even whatever. There's even like pharmaceuticals that make this happen. Right. If I if I meet another old like weirdo who's like 70 from the neck up, but jacked from the neck down, like it'll (laughs) like these guys are growing on trees now. They're all these workout fitness weirdos that are, (laughs) you know, 75 and jacked. It's just it's crazy. So I just think it's been harder for us to age. Like for my dad, um, you know, I'm thinking the other. So when I turned 50, I remember. My dad, when I was 18, my dad was 50. And I remember 18 like it was yesterday. I can tell you everything about that year of my life, right? And it was like, but I, but looking at my, so what I tell everybody about 50 is this just was the age my dad was my whole life, right? Sure. But when I yeah. look at my dad that's, at 50 right. in a photo album, you know, because that's the only way I have to chronicle him, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's like, no, dude, that's an old guy. Like, I'm not that yeah. old. Like, yeah. dude, he looks older. He looks as old as my grandpa who died 40 years ago was yeah. like at that time. Did you your dad have so, a mustache? For sure. Okay. I think mustaches make people the same age for as long as they have the mustache. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think a mustache, like <clears throat> it immediately bumps you up to approximately 35 to 45. 
<laughs> and then you basically st- like that's just your that's your floor and then you basically just stay around 45ish maybe 50 for the duration of the mustache. But what about the all the 37-year-old hipsters that like do the big mustache now? That's a good question, baby. I was just about to ask that. Okay, there is another version of mustache and it's like the high school kid who hasn't learned how to shave. There's <laughs> they they tilt more that direction. You're like, "Oh, I think with nobody too, nobody told you to fix that?" Right. Yeah, with hipsters there's the ironic mustache. And that's its own category. Like, yeah, if the mustache it is really, ironic, yeah, yeah. then it's not a real mustache and it doesn't age you. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about like the, just like the, the, like the a real kind of bushy yeah. handlebar type of mustache. That's like, it was like the man's mustache from, you know, whatever, 1970 through 1995 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I, I get yeah, it. I, similar to what Ron just said, I look back on my dad. So my dad became the pastor at Bethlehem Baptist in 1980 and he looked young. But he dressed exactly the same way he dresses now. It yeah, might even point, be the right same there. jacket and the same Dockers. I'm not sure. Because he doesn't wear that jacket that Drisky gave him, right? Uh, I was, yeah, no, no leather jackets. Uh, actually, it was MacArthur who gave him the leather jacket. But, wow. um, but uh, so, I mean, he, he, in my mind, so my dad was, I think, 38 when I was born. And he just, he's just been the same guy. And then yeah. it was a couple years ago I realized, like, He's not quite as as like vigorous as he was. You know, we were we were doing some hiking and he just he'd slowed down a little bit. But for like for like 30 years, he was at the front of the pack on like if we're going to go, we're going to go play backyard football. We're going to go hiking. We're going to whatever. And he dressed like an old guy and lived with (laughs) energy. And like that, he was just the same dude for forever. And uh, and yeah. And I and so this idea that like I'm still a young man. And sort of this, yeah. I, 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 you know, I might even aspire to look like it. I don't think he ever right. wrestled with that. Yeah, and that's Dude, the, that's one of the big that's one of the big differences, I think. And, that's, and maybe, that's a beauty, though, man. That's a beautiful thing, I think. Don't you, Big R? Like the the fact that we grew up with like consistent dads. Yeah, you know what I mean. Our poor well, dads kids, that, dude. Dads that weren't trying. Dads that were not aiming for an image. They were. They exactly. actually grew older with some sense of like dignity. Grace yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude, we knew who they were. They were consistent. They weren't fighting against their age. There was no oh. fight against the aging process. Dude, right. our poor kids, they're growing up with us, man, and we're pathetic, right. and we're all it's like, oh, I'm trying to find myself, and I want to talk yeah. about my feelings and my Enneagram. Like, <laughs> dude, our kids must be, they must be sick to death of us, dude. Do you think our kids and are going to swing the other way and just be like the, you know, uh, backbones of steel, like I kind of emotionally so, stunted? Like, we're not talking about feelings. Buck up, kid. Yeah. Like, they, they sort of go back to greatest generation because we're so soft. Only dude, our Enneagram force, you know? Our generation is kind of garbage. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know. To be fair, we are not the same generation. You are Gen X. I am not. Yeah. So, uh, speak well, dude, mine's yourself. definitely garbage. Maybe yours is a little bit less garbage. Hype, you're a young Gen X. Do we got to get into this again, man? Every time. <laughs> Every time. I'm man. what they call an Xennial. So, oh my gosh, I'm so angry right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, you're Gen X. You're always angry about something. Yeah, because the power never got handed to us, Pipe. You should understand that's your dad's fault, by the way. Power so, never got but, handed to us either. We just took it. Yeah. Well, no, it's still not handed to you, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's true. If it's not ours, it's not yours yet either. To be fair, just, there are no politicians from either of our generation in Washington right now. Well, there's like two, so I don't think the power. I don't think either of us have power in this country. It's all correct, it, dude. We're post power anyway. Yeah. Power's post power. I love yeah. that man. Fight the power. That's the, the name of this app. That's the name of this app. Post Baby, power. I'm not going to rest until there's no more businesses open anywhere. Until no one has power. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, nobody gets to make money. No businesses. Nobody gets to make money. No businesses. I want handouts from people who don't have money. Yeah. Dude, no flash, dude. I want all of us in drab olive garments. I'm not going to rest until that happens. But I'm not going to make them. Somebody else better make them for me. Boy, speaking of garments, I want to end with one thing, man. So this is is a little bit of breaking news. Um, Ronald, as we've been on the radio here... Uh, you tweeted out an image, or didn't didn't tweet out an? You texted, I texted an image. It. I just I just threw it out to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, and the the company is called Tweedmaker, and Tweedmaker makes quote stellar tweed suits for gentlemen. And there's an image of three old guys. Is the word bespoke guys, in there anywhere? Because that's for got, sure. I'm one hundred. I'm one hundred percent in if yeah. the word bespoke is in there. 
And again, these dudes aren't like super old though, right? I thought was my whole well, that dude, was the whole shocking they're, thing. They're falling into that sixty to seventy range to me. You think they're that old? All right, maybe fifty-five to seventy. Well, the dude on the right, I would say, might be more my age. On the dude on the right's about blue. 50. Yeah, yeah that's what I was left. thinking. Yeah, far left could be pushing seventy. Yeah, man. the James Bond know. guy on the yeah. far left, and then you got sort of the legitimately older man in the middle. Is what I was carrying a just a beauty of a bag, man. It looks like a saddleback leather. Absolutely. I kind of like that. Speaking of drab olive, his uh, his drab olive green bowler hat is just just strong. Dope. Yeah. Two out of these three gentlemen are carrying canes. Like not orthopedic ones, not like the ones you get. Yeah, that's a little that's a that's a little too far for me. I'm gonna be you, honest. You feel like the cane is too far as an accessory. Oh, I just it's so pretentious to me, man. It's very pretentious. You use but, a cane when you actually need to use a cane, not and not a minute before. Listen to me, even though the we're rules pulled, of cane. Yeah, dude, dude, we got to do a whole episode on canes. Okay, cane, so cane. I just yeah. pulled up their website. There are they're just just an abundance of amazing pictures because it's all like customers with pictures of themselves in their suits. Yeah. There's some serious variety here of the, of the, well, except for the fact that they're all white dudes, but I would love to go back to those days of wearing suits, except I don't want to wear a suit. That's my problem. I want to, I want to go back to it without having to do it. I want to get a deal with this company so that we can get these suits and then not wear them. You mean we do our next live show? We all. I just want to have him in the closet, dude. I want to have a tweed maker suit in the closet well, that I can choose. Some, to wear. There's going to be something you're going to need to wear it to. You know? Yeah, dude, there would be. Pipe's wedding. I could wear it to Pipe's wedding. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Could we get tweed maker like on board and get some suits in our hands before the wedding? I don't. See, that does not seem out of the realm. It all. doesn't, baby. Well, I think if we need to dream bespoke, big. It takes a while to you know. To they craft and create this thing yeah. for you and with fitting. So I mean, you got to turn around. We're talking like we're talking like a month and a half at this point. So, dude, can I do a can I do a hot take on bespoke? <laughs> yeah, I kept I saying like, it because I wanted somebody to react. If we tell you no. Is that going to stop? <laughs> I don't like bespoke anymore. Like I grew up in the '80s, dude. I grew up in the decade of like everything being mass produced and that being the most awesome thing. Yeah, it's like, bro. Yeah, I got my suit from Sears. Check it out, dude. There's like. 12 billion of these in circulation. Isn't it sweet? You know, like that's the decade I grew up in, which I think is why I like Ikea. Like I go to Ikea (laughs) and it's just this monument to like mass produced crap. And I find it fascinating. Like, wow, they made a million of these, which is why they can sell them for like two bucks. You know, it's way Um, easier to make choices in the mass produced world too. You know, so, uh, Plug your ears, Southern Baptists. But uh, I got a text from my fiance this morning that said, hey, have you, have you thought about what you want for drinks at the wedding? Speaking specifically of beers. And I was like, I immediately like froze in um, almost I'm like... not a part of this conversation, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Ted, Ted cut out. Ted, uh, Ted's mic cut yeah. out. So, uh, Something wrong with my tech here. Yeah. yeah everything, Sorry. Everything cool. D- yeah. Must, must have moved to Ashland. Um, but... I was like paralyzed because I'm like, there are 7,000 microbreweries in Nashville alone. I don't know how to make this choice. Whereas, you know, 20 years ago would have been like, yeah, there's, there's six beers to choose from. And so the mass produced thing is, is much, much simpler for all of us. Yeah. You know, whether it's, whether it's shoes or suits or beverages that Ted doesn't know anything about. I'm over bespoke, man. I'm over it. Give me Ikea, dude. Give me mass produced Swedish disposable oh, check this out big t you'll I'm here for this, that man you'll yeah. love it. speaking of mass produce so one of my one of my close friends sent me a pair of air jordans for my birthday they're so sweet aren't they dude dude i've never i mean i, I would have never bought a pair in my which, life which ones are they like which uh I need better friends i yeah, mean no doubt, dude. i don't dude i would not be able to tell you like which ones they are obviously i mean i literally have no can you text me and piper a pick like, yeah, you don't I'll have to do it right I'll now. No, I'll send you a pic yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because I just sent him a pic like when they came in, yeah. you know, to say, hey, look, I got him, man. I'm stoked. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. Am I, am I allowed to wear Jordans? I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's like kind of a hipster thing, but, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm confused. Yeah. Right, here it is. Man. Sending sending it to you right now. All right. Let's have a um, look, man. Let's tell, have a look me shoes. tell me what you think, boys. Such good radio. Texting it each is. other and then telling each other about the texts. <laughs> Exactly. But I mean, like, I'm not a guy, I'm a knight, you know, I'm an Adidas guy and a Converse guy. I would never buy a pair of Air Jordans to say, oh, baby, those are sick. Yeah, these are the, these are early Jordans. I'm not, I'm not a sneakerhead, but these are, yeah, we're talking like the first two or three, first two or three Jordans. 
I think I'm thinking like first... I live in I live in Ohio. Like, yeah. is this going to get me killed because they're not like LeBrons? Like, I don't know. No, um, no, baby. I think LeBron you're... wears Jordans. <laughs> he should, man. Anyway, there it is. There it is. I thought you boys would like that. That's the right? closest you'll ever get sporty. to being Jordan. It those is are sporty. really youthful and sporty. Yeah, for sure. And mass produced. And mass produced. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Dude, shout out, to, like, shout out to IKEA, dude. I want IKEA on as a sponsor too. Oh, I, I want to get that. IKEA, and I want to get uh, tweed, tweed suits. What's the name of that company? Tweed. Uh, tweed maker. Tweed maker, dude. I want Tweed maker, and I want IKEA. And you know what? I feel excited now. So that did it. Like the thought of doing a business deal. Cure cured your glumness. I would also like a listener to take the song Waymaker, which I believe is a kind of mass-produced worship song, and uh, write lyrics to Tweedmaker for it, if you know what I'm discussing. And then uh, you can just drop the audio file to us at happyrantpodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Send us a link on Twitter, whatever. Like we, It would just brighten up what has been a glum stretch of life. You know we got some guys who are on that, man. Like half our listenership is worship guys, I bet, so... They're on it. Um, well, boys, this has been uh, like no no joke, no irony. This has been fun, and uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a while since I had had fun. So really, it wasn't glum. No, dude, it wasn't. Like to me, talking about it in the way that we talked about talking it, about glumness and the way we talk about it takes the glumness out of takes glumness. the glumness away, man. That's the that's the title, the glumness out of glumness. Pipe, write that down. All right, writing it down. <laughs> always producing, boys. We've done what we always do in this program. And that we have wandered to and fro throughout some topics. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose have you ever found yourself on the ledge my name is billy yates i'm a caring father mentor and friend in my new podcast billy and the goat i share the life-changing events that shaped who i am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen god can help you get up and thrive listen now at lifeaudio.com